Hello, everyone. Hello. My name is Matt Armando. And I'm Emily Riggins. And this is TBD with Matt and Emily. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another week. It's, you were here last week? We were here last week. We were here last week. We were on the podcast last week. We were here where we're recording right now last week. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? We're going to be back next week. But yeah, you'll hear us next week. <laughs> you'll hear us next week. Oh, the semantics of the the back end of podcasting. <laughs> um, how have you been? <laughs> I feel like sometimes we have a thing to say and I don't um, think we have a thing to say. I've been great. Um, I've been cat sitting for a cat that I love. Um, oh, but it bit your head. Right? He did bit bite my head. Um, listen, I am going to assume I had it coming. Um, she had it coming. Great Chicago reference. It, yep. <laughs> And one I made yesterday at a party too. <laughs> I'm really. I saw. I, I've never seen Chicago, like uh, the staged version. Mm-hmm. I've seen the movie once in theaters. <laughs> That's so that long ago, and I still. Uh, I remember it. I remember that one song. <laughs> um, yesterday, for the first time ever in my life, I made a chess reference. I don't know how to play chess. I like vaguely know some of the moves, but someone was like, "What's your next move?" And I was like queen to a7 which i don't even know if that's a move i've never made a chess reference before why i don't know why i chose to do it then but i did wow and i at the same party i was at somebody was talking chess and also didn't know anything about chess they were like there's castles or something and then another guy was like well you can castle with a rook and i was like this (laughs) dude explaining what castling means to guy who has no idea anything about chess me like that you, there's nothing going there's no progress being made in that conversation a real hermione granger she's not very good at chess oh she's not good Mm-mm. i was in chess club in middle school you are the coolest person i've ever met i know i know uh speaking of the coolest person we've ever met let's bring on our guest Hello. <laughs> she's a comedian a writer a podcaster um she does all kinds of things Welcome to the podcast stage, Laura Murley. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Uh, I've, I've been wanting you on for months. Oh, my I, God. I didn't even know. Well, I asked you on like three months ago or something, and it didn't work out. And then I was like, I'll have to get back to you. And then I didn't get back to you for like two months. <laughs> well, I have the memory of a goldfish. So mm-hmm. I completely forgot. And when you messaged me, I was like, that's so cool that he thought of me. <laughs> well, I did. I And I was rethinking of you. <laughs> I was like, finally made this work with schedules and whatnot. Yeah, I think it really sometimes comes in handy, my memory issues, because <laughs> I just don't remember to be like, oh, why didn't this person get back to me about this thing? Because most of the time I've forgotten about that thing. Well, great. <laughs> <laughs> I did get back to you now, though, so even if you did remember, we're square. Yeah. There's still people I've talked to about being on this podcast that have not been on, and I haven't put in the additional effort to make sure they get on, uh, because I will I will get to it. I'm not, like, neglecting them. It's so it tough. feels like you are. I'm not purposefully neglecting them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if there's only one person on each time... It's and true. there's only so many episodes yeah. in a, a whole month, yeah. then it's tough to get on everybody that you want to see and talk to. Truly, yeah. truly. And we don't even have a guest on every episode. It's true. Like oh, we do, even more tough. We do two episodes with a guest and then one without. Yeah. That sort of pattern. One third has no guest. Yeah. Why did you choose the one third as opposed to like every other or an, another sort of number pattern? 
I think I we were gonna do every other. Yeah. And then we just or something. Didn't. I think we wanted more. Well, I think we realized how much work that would be on us. <laughs> <laughs> and also to get a lot of friends on. There was there was sort of like a weird pattern of like how we do the topic. So like uh originally there was a thing where Oh, every episode we'd have the guest bring a topic and one of Emily or I would bring a yeah. smaller topic. Mm. And we sort of, and then the, the ones with no guest, one of Emily or I would just bring like one larger topic. Mm-hmm. And we sort of switched that around in, uh, I don't know, December, yeah. <laughs> I think is when we changed. Or now we don't do a smaller topic when we have the guest on, but the other episodes, like when it's just Emily and I, we'll each have a topic for those episodes. Uh and I think we just didn't want too many of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of homework to do. Yeah. yeah. And I also say behind the scenes, uh, people listen to the ones with guests way more than they listen to the ones with no guests. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we're great. We and l- everyone should listen to all of them. I mean, the ones with just Emily and I are pretty good. But I think people, there's something about having a guest on. <laughs> Guys, you're sleeping yeah. on these other episodes. Check them out, yeah. viewers at home. Listeners, excuse me. Listen viewers if you want to like open up quick time and just watch the yeah that's how i go up and down. i am that's Visualizer. how i listen to podcasts i open the app and i just stare at it <laughs> have you ever done the one in uh, itunes that like for music and it's just like swirls of like clouds and colors i used to do that when i was in middle school but i haven't in a long time and i remember at the time being like wow this shit is awesome <laughs> i can look at what i'm listening to <laughs> and it somehow made me feel like a math genius even though i was doing no math at all because it was like geometric shapes moving in ways and i was like i get it it like means something you well were, you have to be exposed to concepts somehow mm. you know you were learning math just by watching it yeah. <laughs> um now i know how shapes are made <laughs> <laughs> they start out as other shapes um like you could I, I, I don't know there's so many things in the world that you can't just watch something happen <laughs> and just be good at it um, um i've watched so much hockey and i'm great at hockey now right oh. exactly there yeah. you go yeah no matter how much hockey you watch you're still gonna be as good as you were in the beginning mm. maybe you know how to like not commit icing <laughs> no i think i would commit it every single time what's committing icing um emily do you know <laughs> i so it's when a team clears the puck, but it clears it too far, and then they have to bring it back to the their side of the ice. It goes over too many lines yeah. on the ice rink. Yeah. And a goalie can decide to call it or not. Like, the opposing goalie can decide, like, I don't want to call icing. Isn't that a thing? Like, they I can sort know. of wave it off. I think that might be a thing. But it's like a way to, pr- it's a way to, like, if you're one hockey team, if you're the, it's on your side of the rink, and you just want to, like, hit the puck yeah. way the other way it's like a way of stopping you from really doing that yeah or it's like dis dis uh discourages Dissuade. you from doing you yeah dis something use from doing it but people still do it all the time disincentivized is the word i think you're looking for but mm-hmm. i still don't understand it's it's just like it's just a rule of hockey okay. it's like saying like in basketball yeah it's easier for me to describe it this okay just like whipping the basketball to the other end of the court without any like sense of like doing anything other than killing time so like you're you're trying to keep the you're trying to say like don't do this thing that like waste time okay because 
if they just hit it all the way but if isn't that good if they just hit it all the way to the other well, end it of the can be ice if, like field? You've, you've been on the off like been on the defensive for a bit defensive yeah for a while and you just want to like on deep get like, it you want to get, get out of there o. but there's better ways of doing it because if you this is deep hockey talk deep deep hockey talk but if you ice it then the same players have to stay on the ice and they don't get a break and usually people need a break at that point when you switch by just like moving it between people shorter distances then they stop and take a break yeah yep they like switch players constantly like they only will be on the ice for like i don't know like two minutes and then they switch yeah Wow, it's a whole uh, it's a whole world. I it's love hockey. But hockey. I don't know. It's a tiring. Uh, it's, it takes a lot of uh, energy. It does so look like, like it does because you're also just like piled with so what looks stuff. like packaging equipment. Yeah. on yeah. you. Yeah, and, and it's like even more than football and basketball because you're also ice skating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, those people are—they're just—they're like dripping sweat off their mullets and everything. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> hockey hair. Uh, that's what a mullet is. I think that's from uh, uh, Mystery Science Theater. I think they just—I think they termed that hockey <laughs> air, <laughs> making fun of '80s movies where everyone had mullets. And the '80s were like the heyday of the hockey movie. Um, uh, and I think mullets, hockey movies, and bad movies all came from the '80s. Mm. I think a lot of movies they make fun of on that show, called a show, is from the '80s for sure. Yeah. Uh, cause they're also, that's probably a lot of movies that aren't like covered by copyright anymore. It's like a big, they had to have like a lot of, uh, that's like why they don't make fun of like big budget movies. Cause they have, that would cost too much for them to like buy the rights to make fun of it. And smaller budget movies tend to be funnier anyway. Yeah. Yeah. A little campier. Yeah. Yeah. I just like. Cause big budget yeah. movies can be bad, but a lot of times they're bad in a way that's just like tiring rather than surprising because of like how weird it is or mm -hmm. all the weird things they did to compensate for not having a budget. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like now, I mean, they probably had, I mean, yeah, now like even like the crappy movie still has like a continuity person on set or whatever. Mm -hmm. Although not Game of Thrones, putting their Starbucks cups and shots, <laughs> laptop cords. <laughs> I just want to say that people are outraged by that. I was not. I was like, you know what? People made a mistake. I I mean, I thought I think it was it's funny. a pretty. I think it's a pretty dumb mistake to make. Though. I also <laughs> thought it was funny that it was not a Starbucks cup, and everyone went wild that it was a Starbucks. It wasn't cup. a Starbucks cup. Nope, this it was like a craft services cup. It's still. A, it was like a coffee cup with like a yeah. lid and yeah. stuff. Uh, but like then I saw a thing that was showing all the Game of Thrones things that like so there was one there's like a cell phone in mm -hmm. one shot. There's a laptop in a scene. It's so the, dark though and, you like, can't see anything. Yeah. Like I can barely make out any of the characters in Game of Thrones and I, in the last season especially. I think the cell phone was like lit up though, like in someone's pocket or something like that. Mm. It's like it's uh, it's just surprising. And then there was like this thing about oh, the thing with the coffee cup one. Mm -hmm. I think is even funnier is that that was the same scene that the two guys who were like in charge of it they were in that scene as like yeah. extras. So they were literally on set mm -hmm. feet away from this coffee cup yeah. and they still let it slide. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know. I think 
it's it's just kind of weird. I don't know. I mean, that stuff probably does come up all the time in other shows, but mm. it seems kind of stupid. Yeah. yeah. My favorite one is um, Jamie Lannister, who has a gold hand. He lost his hand, so he has a fake hand. Just telling this mostly for Matt. Um, but in one scene, he's not wearing his gold hand and is holding a coffee cup <laughs> in the hand that he's not supposed to have. Oh, my God. Beautiful. I that's missed that one. It was like seasons ago, but that's you my favorite. It's just like so big. It's so big budget. It's so prestige television. And to have the goofiest problems. like That's what makes it so funny, though, <laughs> yeah. it's, is it's, that... Yeah. People are putting countless hours into every minute detail, and then there's just like the equivalent of like an elephant taking a dump. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of yes, yeah, the old like, oh, we wrote a whole language for this one like tribe of people to speak. <laughs> we meticulously actually made it make sense. And if you translate it, it's not just gibberish, but also we left a laptop cord on a kitchen counter <laughs> or whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> the coffee cup was especially funny because there were so many people sitting at that table. There were a lot that of that. You would think that at least one person would be like, "Oh Get wait, that coffee cup out of here." Yeah. yeah, and they also like did remove it after the outcry. They were like, "Oh, we can digitally remove this coffee yeah. cup," but no one noticed it before yeah, people, it went editors. To air. Editors are watching it, uh, like presumably other people are reviewing it somewhere like to make sure it makes sense and just nobody once sees it and then you put it on the internet and everyone's like i see a cop <laughs> yeah i didn't notice it at I didn't all notice when i watched it, yeah. it but i would think that editors would notice something like that because when i edit something i am looking at um like every detail of the frame and i imagine that game of thrones editors are doing a lot of stuff with like color correction and things like that and then you have to check everywhere to see like the overall image like is anything jumping out that's weird yeah and it also isn't it not it's not in some shots so like it appears yeah and it disappears um which makes sense yeah. that it's not in every single yeah that the coffee cup shot wouldn't be the best shot over i mean not the coffee shop but co- oh my god never mind this sentence is going <laughs> coffee nowhere. cup shot coffee what? cup shot blah 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 that's a tongue twister coffee, <laughs> coffee cup, cup shot coffee cup i dare <laughs> dare you to say that 10 times fast <laughs> oh well that's been game of thrones talk for the week um it's my favorite talk I think so should... current yeah. so <laughs> off the air for um, months now <laughs> yeah <laughs> honestly feels like yesterday to me it does mm. And Sansa Stark is still in our lives every day. Yeah. Sophie Turner out here. Yeah. And um, it was one of the few cultural movement mm-hmm. shows, cultural event shows that I was actually watching and mm-hmm. a part of and like would watch every week and then would spend an hour on Twitter reading through the hashtags. <laughs> it was, a, that, was a, that was quite the, like a theory kind of show where mm-hmm. like you could like publish your own youtube videos mm-hmm. and whatever about it <laughs> yeah which was so fun to read but then in a way did take away from the actual show because i read so many people put so much time into writing those theories mm-hmm. that some of the ones i read were i think better ideas than <laughs> yeah that's, the, <laughs> that's yeah yep <sighs> let's do some tea talk let's do some tea talk tea talk tea talk tea talk tea Talk. Oh, we're talking to you today. Um, <laughs> what a change of pace. Um, the tea we are drinking today is the Mighty Leaf Company. And the name of the tea is Organic African Nectar. This is an, her- an herbal 
Roybos? I still don't know how to pronounce that word. Can I see it? Rude boy. Rude boy. What? Oh, Rubius? Rubos? You know, actually, I don't know what I'm talking about. I think it's... We've we've looked this up before, and for some up. reason we're not, we're blanking on it. Yep. Uh, I want to say it's Rubois, Ruboy, Rub, Rude Boy. I'm sticking with Rude Boy, <laughs> Rubois tea. And I just saw from the uh, box that it has no caffeine, which I wasn't expecting. This whole time I've been placebo effect feeling caffeine. <laughs> you should never let you read that. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of herbal teas and. Rude boy teas are caffeine free. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this tea. Mighty Leaf Organic African Nectar. This organically grown herbal blend has honeyed sweetness of a roy boy infusion. Here, we've used fair trade of certified roy boy. <laughs> That's R-O-O-I-B-U-S. B-O-S. B-O-S. A touch of vanilla and a handful of hibiscus to heighten the experience. Nectar means drink of the gods. Sounds appropriate. Did you add that sounds appropriate? Nope, That's the, in there? It's on the box. Oh, really? I assumed you added it. No. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're calling us gods. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> box you. is. The box oh. is telling us we're gods. I do feel a bit godly drinking this mighty leaf. Give um, me mighty powers. <laughs> do we taste vanilla in this? The tea? mighty Thor. <laughs> Um, do we taste vanilla is the yeah. question? No. I don't Matt really Laura taste vanilla. You know what I kind of taste? I kind of taste white tea in it. Mm-hmm. Is that related yeah. to vanilla? Um, no. No. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I want to I lie to you and say yes, but <laughs> You might don't be tasting lie. the... Um, the Roy boy, Roy, the Roy boy, Roy boy, the Roy boy, Roy my boy. (laughs) Uh, We have a tea podcast, and we're on the seventy fourth episode, and we can't pronounce. Yeah, I I definitely see that written on a lot of teas. Yeah, Yeah. we probably only had it like two or three times. Yeah, Yeah. I should know how to pronounce it. I don't. Um, Do we taste hibiscus? Um, uh, so I didn't answer your vanilla question. Oh, I do taste vanilla. I also taste hibiscus. Uh, I'm getting them. Uh, w- uh, what else is going on in this one? Um, there's nectar. Let me... Just the general taste okay. of nectar. The official ingredients are um, Roy Boy, natural flavors, organic hibiscus flowers, organic marigold blossoms. Mm-hmm. It's a little flowery to me. Tasting the hibiscus. Yeah, I do think it's flowery. It's not as... I think hibiscus is often a little sour, more sour. And so I think the vanilla... That's why I'm tasting the vanilla is to uh, mellow it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura, how much tea do you drink? I don't drink a whole lot of tea. And I also don't have a particularly refined palate in any way. Like mm-hmm. I feel similar now to when I go to a wine tasting... <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they're like, does it taste like a a clear stream going over rocks <laughs> in a, you know? And I'm just like, maybe. Do you maybe not? Do you find this tea to be um, like water running over rocks? A, you know, when I first took a sip, my mind went right to that wine description, mm-hmm. and I was like, a little bit. Mm-hmm. It is refreshing. I'll say that. Yeah, I would say it's refreshing. 
Uh, I feel like I'm in the river with this tea, mm-hmm. feeling the water I go over f- me and the rocks. I do feel almost like a dry aftertaste, though, but I'm not sure if it's just because I'm still dehydrated from being on a hot subway for like an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that hot, hot subway. Yeah. Um, you could be dehydrated. Okay. I'd get you some more water, but I'm already sitting here. Yeah, I can wait. I don't <laughs> think it's dire. And since this is caffeine-free, it probably is hydrating. Yes, yeah. it is. I just yeah. don't feel like it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we have more here if you need to. Uh, oh, yes. I'm gonna actually about to pour us some new oh, stuff. Oh, going to pour okay, some more. Okay, well, oh, I need to catch up then. I thought this was the only tea we were getting for the whole episode. Oh, we are. It's just we have more of this tea. Oh, no, but I mean, I thought uh, this little cup. No. I thought it was like, this is your serving size. You're gonna get. You're gonna. Not, you get more Save if you it. want. Oh my god! Um, Let me chug. Go ahead and just binge through that tea. <laughs> um, I will say that Emily and I have. This okay. is our seventy third tea that we've uh, we've reviewed. Thank you. So, I think our palates, as far as like distinguishing different flavors, is uh, we've had a lot of them. We've had a lot of hibiscus before. We've had a lot of. I do think Vanilla. I taste the hibiscus. Yeah. That's like, I'd say that's probably the most uh, prominent flavor that I get. It's just not as tart as hibiscus can be. Um, I think that's true, but I also think it's, I taste a lot of the rooibos. Roy, I don't know. I think that rooibos. I'm honestly more confused. Um, and I think that's the strongest flavor. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's also, I, I'm also tasting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, which... If you had more of that tea, you'd, uh, yeah, that's the, a tea flavor. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'd say most of our, uh, what, what do you think? Like 15% of our guests have said like they drink tea a lot. Yeah. Not- <laughs> we make people drink tea. Yeah. I used to drink a lot of tea because my mom was a big tea drinker. Like she was never a coffee person mm-hmm. and she would have a few mm-hmm. cups of tea every day. Um, but she also wasn't a very like refined palate tea drinker. Her whole thing was she liked it to be as hot, like boiling hot. Mm. She liked to almost not even be able to taste it. Burn your just, mouth hot? Yeah, burn your mouth hot. Um, see, I'm, I got a little baby mouth, and I mm-hmm. I don't want anything to burn my mouth. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Um, but, okay, on a serious note, that's actually great if you're not into that because they found recently that um, part of the reason why smoking gives you throat cancer is like the heat and that like damages the back of your throat and mm-hmm. that drinking really hot liquids or like eating really hot foods can also damage the back of your throat in a way that like mutates cells and can cause cancer. Yeah. I've, That's terrifying. I've yeah. heard uh, similar things, especially about the hot beverages part. I didn't, I guess the smoking thing makes a lot of sense because people will like smoke in the winter to like, heat up almost <laughs> which is why i've always thought smoking when i see people smoke in the summer i'm like oh it must be so hot that must be unbearable <laughs> <laughs> but i think when you're used to it it's yeah. like a breath of fresh air even though when you're not used to it and you walk by someone smoking you're like oh they smell like the tailpipe like, exhaust <laughs> yes yes um long time knowers of me no i'm adamantly against cigarettes <laughs> yeah. um I was just going to say that, one, that's a horrifying fun fact. Um, <laughs> and two, I'm now thinking of how often I burn my mouth. Yeah, it's bad. If you're eating hot pizza, burn the roof of your mouth. Oh, God. I don't bur- do it. I burned the roof of my mouth yesterday. Ugh. Oh, no. I'm actually... In fact, my roof of my mouth still hurts. 
I'll tell you a really nerdy thing that's true about me now is if it's like, well, I, you know, I hate burning my tongue or my mouth on top thing. I, whatever. I hate all that anyways. On top of already disliking it and trying to avoid it for that, I'm cognizant of this podcast to not burn my tongue like the day before Mm. (laughs) because then I don't want to come on this podcast and A, have a, a have a burnt tongue b be in pain from the burnt tongue and uh well i'm gonna do all the way to letter d c drink hot tea and it irritate my already burned mouth and d and probably the most important thing even though i saved it for d (laughs) i won't be able to taste the tea we are drinking that's the one i've been waiting for you to say i thought every letter i was like this is gonna be that one you know save the best for last Mm -hmm. can't believe you didn't get to the letter e which is the best letter in the alphabet uh I don't know. I'm more of an A. Aces, A, Aramondo. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are drinking tea, which you don't do very often, what kind of tea are you going for? Um, What kind of tea am I going for? So recently I have been drinking more stuff with matcha in it. So mm-hmm. when I see things that are like combined with matcha or like have it in it, um, I try to do that because it's like gives you that caffeine situation without the buzz that's Mm -hmm. sort of more like rolling and longer um i also go for stuff that's like not super fruity or like super sweet i kind of like things to be more subtle but it's really hard if you're not going to like a tea shop if you're just going somewhere where you're like picking up a beverage to not find a tea that's pretty much 90% 90% sugar <laughs> yeah. and like a teeny tiny hint of like a tea flavor. Yeah. I know like the tea lemonades have been big this summer. Like that's mm-hmm. like a huge thing, but it's like once you add a, like a, once it's half lemonade, it's like so much sugar. <laughs> yeah. Of course it tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a matcha lemonade recently and it was, uh, it's fine. This is a combination mm-hmm. I never heard of until a podcast we did recently where the guests talked about drinking it and I was like, what is this? Yeah. That's why I, I, that's why I ordered it. <laughs> a matcha lemonade recently too. And for me, it, it didn't quite combine as well with lemonade as it does with other things. It felt like, or maybe it was just that they didn't mix it as I, well as they could have. I kind of got a, I kind of had a feeling of both. Like I, one, I was like, I'm not sure this is a good idea, but also I'm not sure they made it to the best of their ability. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really hard to take a powder and get it fully mixed mm-hmm. into like a light liquid. Like yeah. I think it's easier. Um, I know a lot of like lattes and frappuccinos and stuff are made with powders, but I think just the way that they're already stirring them and like maybe yeah. it's the heat too that like mixes better. Where I felt like I got those little like chunks of mm-hmm. you know when the powder is like encased mm-hmm. in the liquid and you yes. and you like open yeah it's very yeah. strange i had the same same exact thing happened to me i was mm-hmm. like little little matcha and that's b- puff balls. yeah yeah <laughs> i also think that's true of i get a lot of mochas okay and i prefer an iced mocha but i think the hot mochas like the blend the better. yeah blends better yeah. yeah but with mocha i feel like it's not as bad if it's not as bad chunk. yeah because it's yeah. just chocolate yeah iced chais can be the same way if they're if it's the kind of place that makes them from like a powder or a concentrate like if it's iced they might not mix it as especially the powder kind like it just like really settles Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or if it's like hot it's like it mixes perfectly fine yeah yeah i wonder what would happen if you heated up lemonade (laughs) and then 
a hot mixed lemonade. Mixed it in. I mean, I mean, how? Yeah. You can put a lemon in hot water and people drink that. Yeah. I mean, people. Maybe well, that. Maybe it is just. Isn't there a way? Well, it's like if you're making lemonade. If you're making lemonade, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you boil the water to make the sugar dissolve? Like if you're making a bunch of lemonade, yeah. Wouldn't you boil the water, mix the sugar in that, and then add lemons to it? I don't know. I think that's because when you're drinking lemonade, you're not just drinking straight lemon. <laughs> I made lemonade water this year, in there, right? And we didn't boil anything. We just used water, lemon juice, and sugar, and we just mixed. I mean, yeah. I think you. I think it eventually works, but I think in the same way that we're talking about, like yeah. you can get a lot more sugar in there if you heat up the water. We made uh, Lamoncello. What's that? Uh, it's like a lemon liqueur um, where you like, it's like a multi-step process, but you zest like a ton of lemons, basically take all the uh, rind off of a bunch of lemons <laughs> uh, and then put that in like vodka and let it sit. And then there is like a, and you let it sit for like two weeks and it just like absorbs that. And then you have to get like cheesecloth to pour the mixture through to get all the zest out. And then you separately will like boil water and put sugar in it. And you make like the, the really like a super sweet uh, syrupy stuff. And then you mix that with the vo- the lemon vodka that you've made. And then uh, it's like a, it's like a dessert, um, dessert liquor. And it, it tastes like a lemon drop. It's very candy. So sweet. So very sweet. <laughs> you can't really have more than one glass without thinking that your teeth are going to fall out. But it's big in uh, Italy, which is where I originally had it. And then my brother, who may be listening. Hello, Brett. Hi, Brett. <laughs> Hi, Brett. Bought, bought uh, me for Christmas a thing of sugar, a bag of lemons, <laughs> some vodka, and uh, oh, some bottles to like put it into and directions on how to do it. So I have homemade... Lamoncello in my cabinet. Still have some of it. Nice. I think it's time to get back to this tea. Oh, are, are we talking tea still? Yeah. Um, I do want to say one more thing that this box brags about how they do their tea with whole leaves. They select the highest grade whole leaf teas and botanicals from around the world. Nothing broken or crushed. No tea dust for us. It's a bag tea, so it, yeah. uh, it's important to say because uh, it's sometimes we get little bit little bits when you have the loose leaf yeah. stuff. You get a little crushed tea. <laughs> and they also brag about the bags they use. Um, where's that at on this box? Which are like the, they're like pyramid shaped yes. bags. Mm. The point of our pyramid, our large <laughs> silken pyramid pouch isn't an extravagance. It's a necessity. We use only whole leaves, blossoms, fruits, and herbs in our blends. These ingredients need room to open, expand, and express their characters. Oh. Wow. That's, I just wanted to make sure I read the point about the pyramid-shaped pouches. We do have the uh, the baggies, not in our cups, but like in the tea thing. So mm-hmm. in the kettle. <laughs> the tea thing. Teapot. Teapot. Tea kettle would be what you heat the water in. So true. Mm-hmm. But um, so I can't really see them expanding and expressing themselves. Did you get a little look at that? I did not. But do you want to see it? I kind of do. Yeah. Okay. Um, to see how, talk- how expressive I'll, they I'll are. I'll talk for a minute. You can also pour some more tea in my cup while you're while you're uh, handling that uh, pot. <laughs> um, uh, I'm talking about tea. <laughs> I'm talking about bags. What am I talking Truly about? Truly whatever you want. Um, yeah, these are these are nice little bags. They're fun. Um, okay, there's some blooming along yeah. the 
shaft of the pyramid, mm-hmm. uh, but there is mostly just like a pile of, I guess, what you would expect tea to mm-hmm. look like. It's a pile of tea in there. Yeah, but I, I'll give it, you know, it's expressing itself a bit. It's definitely opening up. I mean, I felt like it opened up to me personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you felt about that. I but. know these this tea secrets. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, I don't feel lied to by this tea. It's a straight shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a mighty leaf. <laughs> Is it time? Let's pop the question. No. Uh, Laura, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, it's, I want to say it's the most important question we're going to ask you, but I oh might my goodness. change that sentiment later. Um, did, would you say this mighty leaf, whole leaf tea, organic African nectar is your cup of tea or not your cup of tea? I would say yes. It's a good solid tea. It tastes like tea. <laughs> As I've said before, I'm not like a... I don't have a very refined palate and it works for me. It doesn't, it's not too complicated or wackadoodle, um, <laughs> but it's something I would drink if I wanted something that was not caffeinated and I just, you know, like if you're at a gathering, you've already had your coffee for the day, you're like, I can't deal with like the bowel issues or the up all night situation of a whole nother cup i would drink this yeah this is a good anything non-caffeinated i love at like 10 o'clock at night (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) post-dinner tea i've said this many times before but i don't get uncaffeinated things away from me even at 10 o'clock at night even though though we're drinking one right now i know (laughs) we'll get to that later mm, is there a story behind this pick maybe we'll get to it right now emily <laughs> put it out on the line the tea is straightforward are you going to be straightforward yeah, open, to the tea? open up to us and to the tea emily do you find this mighty leaf tea uh whole <laughs> organic african nectar to be your cup of tea or not your cup of tea man thank you so much for asking as i have said before oh um, my god here it comes <laughs> <laughs> it's not caffeinated why would you make a tea not caffeinated Put caffeine in it, inject it straight into my veins. I don't want to sleep ever. Um, <laughs> but oh, that being but. said. So why did you even say that? <laughs> um, I just fundamentally disagree with all uncaffeinated, decaffeinated, uncaffeinated. It's just not, it's naturally has no caffeine in it. It's not decaffeinated. Yeah, it I'm against decaffeination way. because it's not, it just seems weird. Yeah. But if that's how the nectar sprouts. Mm-hmm. That's how the nectar yeah. sprouts. It's not, this tea does not fake. It opened up to us. It is not decaffeinated. It's being its true self. It's just like, okay. hey, I don't have caffeine in me. Leave me alone, Emily. Guys, Why do you be such a bully? I'm trying to be straightforward with this tea. Okay. And you guys are, you guys are being a, honestly, you're being a bit of a bully. Oh. Um, no, I take it back. Um, <laughs> this tea. I'm being gaslit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to believe. Yeah. Um, I like that this tea is open to me. It wants to talk to me about my, my life and my, you know, future. Um, and, you know, I don't dislike this tea, even though I think it should have caffeine in it. Um, it's my cup of tea. Oh, wow. Oh. That was a surprise twist yeah, at the end. Yeah, I really wasn't expecting that to happen. There was a big but near the middle of her uh, explanation that I thought might lead to being her cup of tea, but um, you, really, you really sent us for a ride. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my favorite. I will say that. Roy Boy... Rude boy. Besides the fact that I can't say its name, um, it's not my cup of tea. Like it's not always my favorite kind of tea. But this one I like. I like the hibiscus. I like the vanilla. I enjoy it. I would drink it again. Okay. 
We can move on, right? We, yeah, we can move on. Can you buy extracted caffeine and just like pop in a few drops like CBD oil? You can take like I'm a caf- you can, yeah. caffeine, <laughs> caffeine pills. You could just, just mix that in yeah, and crush it up. Crush and- <laughs> yeah. I, I should buy some caffeine pills just for, just for yeah. this tea. Yeah. Re- we could do some lines with this tea yeah. of caffeine pills. Over-caffeinated tea. Yeah. <laughs> Matt? Me? Oh, I have a question for you. Mm. Would you say this mighty leaf, whole leaf tea... <laughs> Of the organic African nectar variety is your cup of tea or not your cup of tea? Um, I I would say this is my cup of tea. Uh, and it's also, uh, I like that it also like is, is tamping down the hibiscus with that vanilla. My, my original comment on it, because hibiscus sometimes is not. I've also said that here before. I've also said this exact thing, that this tea makes hibiscus enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I'm liking this. I'm digging this tea. This would be a good uh, 9, 10 p.m. tea. <laughs> uh, yeah. So three for three. Our, it was all of our cups of tea. Yep. Even though Emily sent us for a ride. <laughs> yeah. I like to take the podcast guests on a journey. Tea talk. Complete. Done? <laughs> Done and complete. Um, all right. That's enough about tea. Laura. Enough, enough of this riffraff, whatever we're talking about. <laughs> you have brought us a topic. I have, yes. Uh, Emily and I don't know what this is. And it's been challenging for me not to say what it is beforehand because mm. I kept going to do, be like, hey, is this a good one? I think it's a good one. Mm. And then I remembered the email where you explicitly said, mm-hmm. keep it a secret. Don't say I. You know, I'm glad the email's working. <laughs> <laughs> I read the email. <laughs> it, is, it is working, and I'm glad because I spent a lot of time perfecting that email. A couple revisions on it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I appreciate. I appreciate not getting a first draft email. Mm, yeah. No spelling mistakes? No. no. Oh, definitely no spelling mistakes. Some bolded text, but not all. I think the address and the time, or the time is bolded, something. Which I really appreciate because I hate getting a super long email. And then when you're actually traveling to the place and you're looking, you're trying to scan for just that information and not being able to find it. Yeah. Would you believe if I told you that I worked in email marketing? (laughs) (laughs) I would believe it. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I work in email marketing and that email comes, we did it in like a Google doc. So we have like a formatted... (laughs) Like, you know, doing all the the bolding and the linking and whatnot. (laughs) Anyways. Your topic is not Matt's email. No. No, Um, but what if it was? (laughs) (laughs) I can only wish someday someone will come up with that. Oh, gosh. My topic is a TV show on MTV that premiered in in 2006 that I think about a lot called parental control do you guys remember parental control parental control i i do not don't think i do okay wow (laughs) (laughs) i expected at least one of you to remember it maybe if you describe it i will okay it was one of my favorite shows that i've ever seen and it's weird to me that so much of it has been lost to time like it's not one of those shows that comes up when people talk about nostalgia from that same era Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure why it doesn't get its due a lot of people will think of it uh will think of next which is also a great show that's the date around the same time yes oh i did watch that one they could just shout next yeah next (laughs) (laughs) um but i think this one is even better so 
The concept of every parental control is MTV has selected a family who is strangely sexually open with each other. (laughs) This kind of blew my mind as a teen being raised by a Catholic in a Catholic family where uh, my mom told me that the greatest gift I could give my husband on my wedding night was my virginity (laughs) that, uh, that every family is, is like pretty open with that. Their kid is like fucking their, the kid's significant other. Uh Uh, And so they selected a family, two parents, can be a wide variety of situations. Uh, it is like a little bit family diverse for that era. Like you saw step parents, you saw some gay couples, you saw some. So that was cool about it too, that it was progressive. And the parents hated their kid's significant other. Ooh. And it's supposed to be a reality show, but it's incredibly obviously scripted because they did not pick the families based on acting ability. And they did ask them to speak almost entirely in puns and zingers. <laughs> I mean, that's how I talk. So <laughs> it's almost like they're reading off cue cards the entire time off camera. Uh, but every episode opens with these like glamour shots of the child, teen, what have you. Um, and it's kind of these weird shots that almost seem like pornographic where it's like going up and down Mm -hmm. their body you know the mtv editing situation i assume it's similar to like in next and yes um, the room raiders one where they went into oh room raiders that was the other one yeah (laughs) yeah room raiders is also like a compendium of that era those it's like one of those like those three shows you could watch in order or, or like like on any given day on yeah, MTV. They were they, they were just on. They yes. could have all been the same show and just <laughs> aired They're different very episodes. similar shows. <laughs> yeah, they take you on a very similar journey. Um, but this one is the only one that showed people in the context of their families, yeah. which was deeply bizarre to me, but mm-hmm. like also very funny. Yeah. Uh so it would be like, yeah, all these glamour shots of the kids, well, the parents alternate between cut between their like voiceover and their interview and they're like we love our gorgeous daughter carolyn she's gonna study nursing she loves animals she frolics through fields but the one thing we hate about her is her boyfriend bryce and then it would cut to all these shots of some douchebag and i can picture this so yes (laughs) so one that i rewatched this morning I forget the actual people's names, but like it was this like guy who thought he was really punk rock and the parents were like, he thinks he's punk rock. He is such a poser. And that's the exact cadence that they would use to describe everything on this show. They would say, um, and then for some reason, almost every shitty significant other on the show just loved, was like addicted to comparing their current significant other to past. So, mm-hmm. a classic, uh, great significant other move. Classic, like, you're yeah. You're not like, what's her name at all? Yeah. <laughs> like, Christina let me do it in her butt. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then um, this. This guy, which is why he's his particular clip, and I don't remember his name. Let's call him Brett. Let's call him Brett. He would 
be he was a fake punk rocker Ugh. he didn't he missed valentine's day because he was at a maroon five concert honestly that's yeah. the least punk rock and thing he, i've ever heard of yes in my life. and he thought he was pro picking your nose anywhere in public mm-hmm. yeah Sorry, what? pro picking his no, nose. yes that's disgusting and there was like so there's all these like wide angle shots zooming in on him like picking his nose flicking his boogers going about town ugh. do you yeah. think okay just do you think in real life he's really doing this or they're just like what is one thing that you do that's terrible play it up <laughs> it the thing is it definitely is played up like there's no way this is just really how these people are yeah so what was fascinating to me is that it's all people doing like probably an improv mixture of an improv scene and like a semi-scripted scene and they're probably being told off camera to say certain things but the way it all comes together is is almost like a gives you a weird valley of the uncanny feeling where you're like there are probably little aspects of this that are true but this can't be these people's story and their lives so then the next section of the show was the parents would embark on this quest to find their child a new significant other. Oh, my God. So they would interview. <laughs> I yeah. have seen this show. <laughs> this part, I know, remember. Is there like a binder and they go through yes. it? Yes, I've seen this show. How ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> MTV's just like, we've combi- compiled some hot singles in the area. Wait, binders of women? Sometimes women, Romney sometimes thing? men. Yeah, but it was <laughs> pre-Mitt Romney. MTV had binders of eligible singles. But the vast majority of these singles were very off in some way. And they all had a pet peeve that was their, <laughs> their thing. Have you, ever write, have you ever written sketch that way where like uh, I, uh, you need to come up with a character and so you base them off a of pet peeve. So you go like, like you think of a pet peeve you have. So, yeah. so say it's like picking your nose, for instance, uh, like this guy was given as his character trait. And then you you write like a bunch of things like, okay, person who picks their nose, let's say like something more specific, like picks their nose on the subway and wipes it on the subway seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the kind of person. So then you write like, then you brainstorm ideas like, what else would a person like that do? And then you sort of like go, and then you can, you read first, you're like, you know, simple, dirty things this person does. <laughs> but then you like extrapolate it to the point where it's like, I don't know wipes his shit with his hand or something i don't know and then you write a sketch based on like the ridiculous part you bring it up to and that's like all this sounds like is they just took the list of like pet peeves (laughs) and like assigned them to people oh absolutely absolutely it was all just like you could tell that they were like trying to play it up so like my guess is maybe he got caught picking his nose once and the parents are like He's, He's his finger never leaves his nostrils like yeah. stuff like that, because what teenage boy can't stop picking his nose? Eventually you ran out of things to pick. Yes. <laughs> well, the mom did say someday he's going to hit brains, <laughs> which is a classic joke from when I was like five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have a question. Mm-hmm. So they were they were teenagers or were they like? 20s college age it was a little bit vague Mm -hmm. but i think they were late teens early 20s okay but i'm not clear Mm -hmm. one of the one that i watched this morning on youtube did say that she was she had just gotten to college um 
but I think some of them are teens. I'm not 100% clear, though. You but it a does, teen in college. So. It does appear that they a lot of them live with their parents. Okay. Yeah. Maybe at least for, like, it's all filmed, like, the summer before you go to college. So, yeah. So they're all 18 <laughs> and, like, <laughs> can work long hours or whatever. Yeah, that's true. It probably is a little bit like iffy to have actual teens on yeah and they probably purposely don't tell you their ages so then they're like yeah who knows how old they are like the friends on friends and how they were all like 30 when they were on friends yeah and people at home can project whatever they want to on them it's like like how uh kids kids like toy story because there's toys in it and adults like toy story because it makes them sad but kids and adults when they watch toy story have like completely separate emotions because of how they project themselves into like andy's shoes (laughs) i'm getting real heady about toy story (laughs) real real heady so then after a major selection process through what is probably many just out of work actors around the la area (laughs) which at the time Uh, i thought were just strange people but that's what my interpretation of it is now actors who go to la and just sit there and stay unemployed the entire time they are there are strange people (laughs) (laughs) that's true yeah so it probably was really strange traits about them that were somewhat grounded in reality or like maybe they heightened them or something like one of the moms in an episode i saw this morning was like what's the most romantic thing you've ever done and this guy was like one guy was like i paid for my girlfriend to get my name tattooed on her chest and another guy was like i bailed my girl out of jail and you know just like yeah. stuff like that like you can tell they're going for a silly yeah. wacky personality situation yeah. yeah so so at this part of the show mm-hmm. so they have the binder yeah and it has a bunch of um you know movie extras in yes. it yes <laughs> and then they series lit regulars if they're lucky yeah and then they pick they pick out like a number like three of them or something so they then they interview some of them and then they each parent picks one kid. Um, no, I keep saying kid. One eligible single to go <laughs> on a date with their child. And then the parents gather with the shitty significant other and they watch these dates unfold Amazing. together. Amazing. So the parents with the person that they hate. Yes. Sit in a room. Sit in a room. Watch and, these dates. God. And the, Okay. And the creepiest part is the whole time the parents will just be like, oh, looks like she's really into it. <laughs> and the significant other's like, uh, not the way she that's is, not the way she looks when she's horny. <laughs> it's like stuff like that, which, yeah, is crazy. That would be the most uncomfortable I could imagine being, being with the parents <laughs> of... The people who A, hate me and B, like even saying any of that stuff, like Absolutely. These, the horny kids and the horny parents are both disturbing. <laughs> so disturbing. Yeah. I could never, I could never talk about that kind of but stuff these people, with anyone. <laughs> the, the hated significant other always relishes in the attention. Like mm-hmm. they're just absolutely loving being hated. Mm-hmm. Do you, okay. Do you think it was at all, well, obviously it was fake, but like- <laughs> Yeah. Maybe the like they actually like really get along and they're just like playing it up, or you think they like really hate each other? I don't know. I wonder that myself. I'm like, I do think like I do wonder if oh maybe it started from a place of truth in that they think this person is a douche, 
but not on this level. Yeah. Because this is like an inhuman level yeah. of douchiness <laughs> that a lot of them exhibit. Yeah. Um, I can't even believe some of this. I like just, yeah. I can't even imagine the situation, especially when I, especially if I was like, I mean, I guess we'll be generous and say they're 18, but like <laughs> I'm awkward still and I'm in my <laughs> 30s. I can't even imagine how awkward I was would have been in the situation when I was 18. <laughs> well, it's like a self, like self-fulfilling prophecy. Like the people going on the show are the ones that are going to be like crazy, yeah. crazy. Yeah. And yeah. the normal people such as us, I mean, I don't know. Relatively normal, normal in that way. <laughs> uh, probably aren't going on the show. Yeah. And then they also set them up on totally wackadoodle, uh, unrealistic style dates. Mm-hmm. So they'll, so for instance, one that I saw today was this, they went, they got 70s style jumpsuits and went into a roller rink that was shut down only for them. And then they rolled around for a little bit, had some small talk, and then they did a semi-choreographed dance number that was not explained. They were just like, suddenly they were having small talk and then they were suddenly like, okay, are you ready to get down? And they were like, all right. And then music started up and it was like a montage. And the mom turns to the douchey significant other and is just like, you never take her in places like this. (laughs) It's like, well, to give him some credit, I mean, this is in a fantasy roller rink sequence. (laughs) There was a whole Um, thing where it got choreographed that we didn't get to see. (laughs) Also, I don't know what you're talking about. I've been on that date so many times. Um, one was like sitting on garbage can lids and sliding down a semi, like a hill over rocks. These are all like, ma- these are the most made up dates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm having a recovered memory of watching Next. Oh, yes. Um, and I remember one of the dates where they just like painted each other and the ground oh, with their bodies. That was really like, big back like, in the day. Paint body painting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is, I like, these dates are so like, just take them to dinner or whatever. <laughs> because it's like the other element of the show is all the outrageous dates they're going. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's a big element. And then toward the end, there's a final segment where the two uh, cho- like potential significant others, the significant other, the parents and the uh, kid are in their living room. <laughs> and there is a little bit of a, like a prelude to the rose ceremony that we see on The Bachelor, yeah. where there is a bit of like a dramatic the tension. Party. Yeah, tension set up. And then the kid has to be like, first say the one they want to eliminate first. And that is almost, almost 100% of the time not their significant other. Yeah. And then they, um, but they each get like a last chance to say like one thing that's supposed to like, pull them in so this is so in the room hold on let me get yeah. this straight there's a lot of characters there's there's the parents mm-hmm. their kid mm-hmm. their kid's significant other mm-hmm. and the person that that significant other went or no, the person that their kid went on a date with yes but there's two people that they went on they went on two separate they go on dates. Two dates so there's so there's the original significant other and two other people uh-huh. in and all three are in the same room at the same time. Yes. It mm-hmm. ends with that. And then the kid has to choose if they want to keep dating their significant other or if they want to date one of the new people. Oh, my God. And one of them gets eliminated first. One of them, yeah. To build dramatic tension, they don't just tell you right away. They 
first eliminate one person and that is like almost never the significant other because that wouldn't be a good like yeah. tension it's one of the other boats that's also yeah I well, not that these people sound like reasonable people, but that would be so crushing to oh, be like. Oh yeah, you'd rather have two random strangers. <laughs> yes, than me. And yeah, because yeah, the crazy thing about it too is you have no idea if these people really like you or not because yeah. one, you've talked to them for a very short period of time in between doing your bizarre choreographed activity, and a lot of your conversation is every single time they're just like so. My parents say, your parents say, you're with a douche, but you're such a nice person. Like, why? why? Like, how do tell me what your feelings are about that? And they're like, oh, well, if you got to know them, you would understand. Yeah, that seems like also a bad strategy. Like, wouldn't, like, isn't that like the whole trope? Like, if your parents don't like your significant other, that makes you like them more because you're mm. trying to rebel against your parents. <laughs> yeah. It'd be so, I guess that would be like, I would okay, little into little into me. <laughs> I would rebel against the two new people just out of spite that I don't want to be I wouldn't want my parents to be like, We picked your significant other, like aren't we so smart? I'd be like, I wouldn't want that over my head the rest of my life. But I also think this person has agreed to be on this show. Like, yeah, without ever seeing a picture of you. Like you yeah. don't know if they're even attracted to you at all. Yeah. I just, I would, I just, no matter what, would be like, I'm sticking with my original girlfriend. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, the guy who picked his nose gets dumped. Spoiler alert. Oh, shit. Too late. Yeah. And then um, he, he runs out and like throws a little tantrum. It also was like the way they've used this technique on a lot of reality shows since where like they will follow the person who gets eliminated and they get to say one little like yeah. last quip. Um, there's one where a guy is, who's the first to get eliminated, who's one of the other guys, she, uh, oh, it's like a cowbell sound. There's bells ringing outside my yeah. window. <laughs> During their date, the daughter, for some reason, even though she knows fucking her parents and uh, her significant other are watching this date, She's like, so how often do you think it makes sense to have sex in a week? And the guy was like, oh, actually, I'm saving myself for marriage because I'm a good boy. (laughs) And she was like, oh, wow, you are a good boy. And then during elimination, she was just like, you're really cute, but I think you're just too much of a goody two shoes for me mm-hmm. and then he like walks out of the house and he and the camera follows him and he like and it cuts to him just like standing in front of the house still and he's like yeah i am a good boy i'm too good for her <laughs> boom slam yeah i wonder if he's still a virgin <laughs> i was like this guy is definitely not gonna keep up with that until marriage I almost mean, yeah. no one does yeah. He says they will. And he's 18. Pretty and young. And he was a good looking guy too. So mm-hmm. I'm sure like he spent some time in college. He was like. Unless he just went to LA straight to going into acting. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. In that I- business, there's no way you have sex. <laughs> <sighs> I have a question. Yeah. I want to put us into the role of the kid and the significant other. <laughs> Let's just, we're in that role. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
how long do you think your relationship lasts? <laughs> Even after you pick them, after you've agreed to be I on the show. I was thinking that too. Like this has got to cause irreparable damage. Even though everybody knows that it's kind of a joke and everybody knows that they're heightening. Um, because so a little bit of random background about me. I went to a high school where not one but two reality shows were being filmed while I was wow. at that high school. God. And one of them was Made, where uh, they interviewed. Oh, I know Made. Yeah, they interviewed a bunch of people um, and were like, "What do you want to become?" And like, they selected one girl who was like very nice, cool, like socially accepted, had like a good group of friends. But she was part of marching band. And at my school, that was not a bad thing like they show in the movies. Mm -hmm. It was just like a chill. It, honestly, like the majority of the school was in marching band because there was a really big marching band. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot of like high achievers that went there. Mm -hmm. So people, if they weren't in marching band, they were probably doing other activities that would like 80s movies would be considered lame, but were not. No one, no yeah. one made fun of you for doing that. Yeah. But... Because she wanted to get on the show, she kind of like played it up and was like, I'm a varsity marching band person. I'm like a, you know, like nerd and I want to be cool and like stuff like that. And everybody was like, cool, that'll be fun. It'll be great to have like a show filmed here. Everybody was very like on her side at first. Um, but then when the crew came and even though everyone knew this was going to happen, it still really left her in a very like isolated place afterwards because they did turn, they did twist people's words mm -hmm. and encourage people to say certain things about her to make it look like people were being meaner to her mm -hmm. during school. Like there was this one girl in particular that like has never bullied her, but she like looked like a girl who would just like the way that she was like very pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, conventionally attractive looking so they the producers kind of tried to like bait her <laughs> so and weird. be like well but what do you think about this and like but, but what about this and then they also edited it weird where they took out part of what she said so it made it sound like she was being meaner than yeah. she was and then also like when she quote unquote like got cooler um, what did she want to get made into well, just that, a cool person? Yeah, just like a cool person who <laughs> was going to get like a date to this dance. Okay. Uh -huh. Um, But afterwards, there was a lot of like backlash against her where like she wasn't really made fun of before that. But then after that, for a little <laughs> bit, I think things were rougher it's, for it's her. Real. Did she recover socially or no? I was not close to her, but it seems like she did. Okay. I mean, it seems like it, but it was also then people in high school just didn't anticipate what the blowback would be because yeah. then after people saw on TV these people being, like, mean to her and, like, this and that that was played up for the cameras, then parents were, like, concerned. They mm. were like, oh, is there a lot of bullying at this mm. school? And, yeah, like, some people were being really mean to other people, but, like, she wasn't... That I know yeah. of, at least. I could not know the whole story, but from what I had seen... And I do know yeah. that marching band was not a socially bad thing to be in that school. Yeah. And I mean, all those reality shows have so much not reality in them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the, but my point 
to that that I went on a really long tangent for was that even though everybody knows that it's fake and everybody yeah. knows that they're like playing up hating each other, I'm sure that that would leave some yeah. lasting damage. Yeah. <laughs> some people, I've heard that like if you play yourself in a thing, like on TV or like whatever, uh, that like people actually watching it do think it's your real thing. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know how accurate this is, but I heard like Seth Green in an interview talking about how he was a he played a douchebag, but like a fictionalized version of himself on Entourage, and people think he's that. Like mm-hmm. it's like no, the people on, who wrote Entourage like purposely wrote him to be like yeah. slimy asshole, <laughs> um, uh, and apparently people have a hard time. Like if you're playing an actual character, they can be like, oh, that's who this is. Even but, that though, sometimes yeah. people have yeah. a hard time. It's like really Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Yeah. People hated him, even though he was just playing a character. But he's just also just a little boy in just a the baby in boy. Uh, the Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Same little boy who I didn't was see Joffrey. That. Joffrey, his before he's Joffrey, he plays a little boy in Batman Begins. Hmm. That, that Batman gives him like uh some little gadget of him to be like because a kid gets bullied in school or something so he's like here show him this or whatever it's like a battering or something but that's the same actor as joffrey anyways uh (laughs) i feel like people also have a lot of trouble with um zoe de chanel i feel like gets a lot of unnecessary hate for just like playing a character yeah Yeah, Yeah, for playing a quirky character yeah, uh, yeah, because people are just... I mean, she is quirky, right, in real life? Yeah, but. <laughs> well, she wears quirky outfits, but she's not, like... And I don't know her, so me, who knows? But, like, I don't think that she's, like, crazily whimsical or dumb or anything like that, which is what I feel like people throw out yeah. about. She's yeah. probably less one-dimensional. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. probably got facets of her life that are other things. Um. Can we go back to parental yes, control? Yes, for a sorry. <laughs> so I think we all agree that that relationship is doomed. Yes. <laughs> what about the relationship if she picks one of the, or not she, she or he, yes. picks one of the new people, one of the binder people? I am always so curious about that. I would love to watch a show that's like, what happened? Like, where are they now to mm-hmm. contestants on parental control and gives like a brief synopsis of their episode? And then if they ever, because. Part of me is like, I bet you a lot of those people go on no other dates after that because Mm -hmm. they didn't even want to date them to begin with. Or they go on like one date and then awkwardly did the early 2000s equivalent of ghosting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But it was easier. Yeah, because there was less like technology. So it could just be like, oh, I don't know what happened Mm -hmm. to them. But it's like maybe that isn't even those people's real names. Like, who Uh, knows? I wonder how many of these couples are already broken up and they're just like they already agreed to be on the mm. show and they're just like okay Cause like you don't necessarily know the time because you probably just send in like a, a tape of you or yeah. something like some yeah. there's some audition process to get on right so then like you broke up or like i mean it's a high, they're all high school relationships so they all probably end up being broken up like <laughs> we're not talking about 30 year olds we're talking right about, we're uh, not talking about adults we're talking we're, about 16 to 20 <laughs> yeah we're not talking about things that were built on a solid foundation yeah oh we've been dating for three weeks let's and my parents don't like him <laughs> or whatever <laughs> uh but like yeah the number that are like oh we broke up but i still want to do the show let's just you know whatever <laughs> i also wonder how many of them knew that they wanted to break up with their significant other, but 
we're afraid to do it. <laughs> and then we're kind of using this show as an excuse to break up with them. Like, even if the other people weren't that great or they didn't feel real connection with them, we're maybe like, well, this, this is, is one way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. worst way possible. <laughs> hey, honey, wouldn't it be funny if we went on this show where, like, you go on a date thing and your parents whatever like you know it's a goof we'd go on a goof yeah and then you go and it's like now i'm breaking up with you what (laughs) (sighs) Uh. yeah it's like i just can't help it this guy with flowing bangs took me uh ice skating in an abandoned alley (laughs) and i must be with him yeah (laughs) for at least two more weeks before i go to college (laughs) Uh, that's probably why there is no after show because they do all immediately stop dating. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. It would only be interesting if there was some different things going on. Yeah. Or maybe they get, maybe like the parents get to be like, I don't like this new boyfriend either. <laughs> you know what I just learned somewhere on the internet? Uh, I read this article that, do you know that show on HGTV, Love It or List It? Yes, I know what this is. And then, yes. Okay. That... They actually will film both endings of the couple deciding to love it or deciding to list it. Um, and then they'll just air whichever one looks better on camera and let the couple do whatever they feel like doing in real life. Mm. But what they do in real life might not be what's on TV. Yeah. Um, I also know that there's um, like house hunters. They already have bought the house that they pick and they just show them to other houses. Oh, really? Oh. I was so sad to learn that. Uh, yeah, like all the court ones, like Judge Judy and stuff, they award whatever the other person is looking for, they just award them that straight up. Oh, yeah. So then the case is like, so like even if they're like, yeah, you do owe them $200 because they had to, you know, replant their hedges or whatever. The show pays the $200 or whatever because it's not a real court. So, like, they basically just set, yeah, it's basically just like a settlement. It confused me because I was like, there's no way this is a real court. And yeah. she's not using real legal terms and yeah, things. She's, yeah. Duh. Yeah. So, she's like, just telling it like it is. She's being real. But the way they agree to get people on the show, because I mean, anytime you have like small claims court, anyways, like, the people are only asking for a few hundred dollars worth of something. <laughs> And um, like it's never like and tens of thousands to spend of dollars, hundreds of dollars to get only a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, but so the show will just be like, okay, well, we'll just pay you both whatever you want, and then call it call it a day or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so like the judgments don't really matter on that show. Yep, sorry, it's all fake. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> and, um, I, and I bet people in real world like each like each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. I watch so much MTV at this point in my life. Um, <laughs> and I do want to say that I did truly enjoy watching. I think it was Room Raiders. Because yeah, they I were loved always, that show too. It was always horrifying. Yeah. Room, that, that was the one where they would just like surprise and like peek through their room and yeah. be like, dirty underwear on the floor. This yeah. guy's a slob. <laughs> yeah. It was also great because I love being nosy. I love being nosy too. Yeah. It definitely like scratched an itch of like, you always want to know what people's bedrooms are like. And then they would do the infamous blacklight test. Yes. Mm. And any time that there was a stain, they would be like, it's semen. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I don't know that that's true. I mean, I don't know this. I don't know the forensics. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably it's probably just body fluid or something. Like probably sweat even does like the same thing. I know. You guys ever see the... It used to be like a trope, I feel like, where it was like a chemical that you could put in a pool and it would turn a certain color if people peed, peed in your in pool. It? Yeah. So that technology 
exists in a way, but it can't separate. It doesn't. It's, it doesn't have the ability to separate urine from sweat. So if you just jumped in a pool, like everything around you would turn that color because a lot of body fluids have like the same or like really similar uh, structures. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I mean, it's mo- most of it's just water I and salt. I wonder how <laughs> many people were wrongly framed for peeing in pools. Yeah, I don't know. When they just had some sweat on their bodies. Ugh. We all sweat. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm allergic to cats, and they say that even if you got a hairless cat, it still wouldn't get rid of all the allergens because it's not just their hair, it's also their sweat and their urine and their spit. And their uh, skin cells. That's like, that's what, isn't, uh, is dander? Dander is the skin cells. cells. But I thought it was just like fur and then fluids. uh, I'm pretty sure it's also like the the dander. That makes... I mean, a hairless cat, I don't know. But I do know that a lot of people are allergic to like dander, a.k.a. dandruff from uh, things. And even like some, like that's why like even bald people have to like use shampoo because you need different shampoo on your... You need different soap on your head than you do on most of your body. Oh, really? Uh, at least that's what I've been told. <laughs> I don't know. I think it might depend on, I mean, everybody's bodies are different, you know? Yeah. I mean, Old Spice makes like a body wash shampoo combo thing. I don't know. I don't know how that, I don't know how that works. I have shampoo that's separate from my body wash, so. I do too. I, I do as well. Um, I have a shampoo. I have a conditioner. I have a body wash and I have a face wash. Oh, I have all those too. I have all those too. For wow. the first time in a while because I had this um I had this skin thing. I couldn't figure out what it was for a while. So uh it's better now. I'm totally cool. Totally cool. But for a while I could only wash my whole body because the doctor like recommended with that, like what's that called? It's like Cetaphil. It looks very like oh, yeah, clinical. Yeah. Um but it's like I got a huge jar of it that was like just said like face wash or whatever. Um, And then after my thing cleared up, I was like, well, I have so much of this left. I'll just keep washing my body with just this for a while. And then someone was over and they looked in my shower and were just Mm -hmm. like, do you not have any soap that's not face wash? And I was like, that's so it you can use it on your body just because it says face. And they were like, uh, like a little judgmental about it. So then, like the next day, I went out and I bought like a million soaps. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, I would have judged you too. <laughs> I'm a judge with that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I was using it on my body. It's not like I wasn't yeah. washing my body. Yeah, no, I just it says face on it. So why would you put it on your body? Your skin face, <laughs> but your is skin, more sensitive. Yeah, so, so it, exactly. Yeah. I could see you can't use body wash on your face because mm-hmm. it'll like probably give you more acne. But you can totally use face wash on your body. It's just that um i don't know it's yeah. just that it's you're probably face. right i think it's because it's usually more expensive to buy face wash <laughs> laura i'm on your side thank you i'm 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 coming back to your side too i'm just real <laughs> i'm realizing you have a big bottle and you want to use it where like i feel like face wash normally comes in smaller doses than yeah but because wash. this is very like yeah clinical it just is like a jug um but it, it also i i didn't just buy it because i felt embarrassed i also bought more soaps because i was just like tired of i'd never i didn't smell bad because i got clean from it but it's it doesn't um, give you extra it doesn't give you that because it doesn't smell like anything that yeah. was like part of the thing is like if you're having you can't figure out what your skin thing is from maybe it's any sort of like perfume or scent or mm-hmm. what have you 
it's lots of chemicals in soap. Uh, I don't have time to get in all that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Laura, do you have anything more you want to say about parental control <laughs> before we wrap this up? Just that they do have full episodes on YouTube that MTV hasn't taken down for whatever reason. So watch those while you can. That was an important closing note. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if this all sounded interesting, go check them out. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you so much for that topic. Thank you for the Thank topic. Thank you. Laura, do you have anything you want to plug and promote and whatnot? Sure. I have a YouTube channel where I post sketch videos. It's youtube.com slash Laura Murley Comedy. My last name is M-E-R-L-I. And um, I also have a monthly show that I'm doing right now that's a sketch show. Um, my duo is called Soul Crush at the People's Improv Theater in New York City, if you're around. Um, so the main theater? What's up? Yeah, the um, well, the the underground, right. and um, yeah, you can look us up on Soul Crush Comedy up on Facebook to see when when our next show dates are. We post them there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna try to go to the next one. Yeah, please come. Um, I've been meaning to go. I've been having other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I think we're good. Um. Again, thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, that's it. I, uh, I've i been Matt Armando. I continue to be Emily Riggins. And this has been TBD. With Matt Emily. Bye. Bye.